A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. And then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors, in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Fifty-nine years ago today, Wednesday, August 28th, Around 7 o'clock in the morning, buses began arriving in Washington, D.C. from east and west, north and south. By 8 a.m., more than 100 buses an hour were streaming through the Baltimore Harbor Tunnel. A broad coalition of civil rights, labor, and religious organizations participated in the March on Washington under the banner of jobs and freedom. A crowd of 250,000 were on hand when the final speech of the day was delivered by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. in front of the Lincoln Memorial. That speech is remembered as the I Have a Dream speech, although that was not part of the written text. Dr. King had delivered a speech with the I Have a Dream refrain in Detroit in June 1963, before 25,000 people in Detroit's Cobo Hall. Mahalia Jackson, who sang just before Dr. King began his speech, knew about the speech in Detroit. Jackson was sitting on the speaker's platform. Near the end of King's speech, she called out, Tell them about the dream, Martin. And the rest is history. Martin Luther King Jr. invited us to dream of being citizens of a country that was yet to be. A dream that is deeply rooted in the American dream. As Langston Hughes wrote in 1934, Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be, the land where every man is free a dream acted out at the table in the gift of the one who gave himself his bread, broken for us. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, 
the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. As a little child, Jesus must often have heard his mother Mary giving voice to that dream. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. In his first homily in his hometown at Nazareth, Jesus announced, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And today, at a meal in the house of a leading Pharisee, Jesus challenges us, When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus is inviting us to become citizens of a kingdom that is breaking in upon us. Instead of trying to build a reputation by hanging out with the right kinds of people, doing the right kinds of noble things, Jesus invites us to receive our true reputation from our Father in heaven. From this vantage point, we discover the capacity to act as God acts, forsaking reciprocity We can give gratuitously, without keeping score, becoming a participant in the gift quality of God's life. Rather than seeking the best place, Jesus asks us to turn the table and begin with those who don't even have a place at the table. When we start from the bottom, everyone is included all the way up. In 1991, Bishop Kenutner of Saginaw asked everyone in the diocese to do something together for 90 days. At every gathering, from a parish meeting to the choir rehearsal, they should begin by asking a simple question. How shall what we are doing here affect or involve the poor? One of the things people soon realized is that the poor are all around us. Once you tune in, you begin to see the poor. They aren't invisible anymore. When I was pastor of Christ the Redeemer Church in Lake Orion, we outgrew our starter church and planned a new church building on a new campus. Since we were going to spend a lot of money on ourselves, I thought it would be a good idea to adopt Bishop Ken's idea. What if we start with the poor? before we take care of ourselves. I was convinced that if we built our house on that foundation, it would surely stand. So we decided to build a house for the poor before we build our new house for the church. We partnered with Habitat for Humanity and built our first house 25 years ago. The parish is still involved with Habitat, And Shantae, the woman who moved into that first house, is still living in that house. It turns out it wasn't just building a house. We had a shower for all the things you need to make a house a home. And the family who moved in had other needs, as we all do. A couple of parish families stayed in touch with Shantae and her family 
for many years afterward. Pope Francis says that when he hears confessions, he likes to ask the penitent if they give to the poor. When the person answers that he or she gives to charity, he said he likes to follow up with the question, When you give alms, do you touch the hand of the person asking? Do you look them in the eyes? Every time we approach a person with charity, with love, we restore their dignity. Rachel Held Evans agrees. Feeding people means keeping the hungry at arm's length. But dining with people is an entirely different matter. It is at the Eucharistic table that we learn these new manners. In meeting one another face to face, we are able to put others' needs before our own, to extend God's goodness to those without the power to repay, to live as a thankful people, and to release people from their debts to us. As these new manners become second nature to us, we are sent out. The body of Christ, the Mass continues in us.